Hey everyone, thanks for checking out Limitless Podcast. We are the young adult community of House of Prayer Church in San Antonio, Texas. Our hope and our prayer is that through this message, you will be encouraged and inspired to know Jesus more, no matter where you are on your faith journey. Enjoy the message. So we're, we're in a series called Thrive, and um, God's plan for us uh, as sons and daughters of God is for us uh, to thrive in life. And um, so far in this series, we've discussed, uh, this is actually part three, but the first two parts of the series, we've discussed uh, ways God is calling us to thrive. If y'all remember the first week, we talked uh, about a message called Better Than Normal. And uh, in that message, it was, it was the first week back from a quarantine. And, and I believe um, God is calling us to live a life better than normal. And, and some points I gave y'all was uh, to make up your mind about God. We talked about stepping out of the boat. Um, also living by his word, not just reading his word, but living by it. And then all, and, and staying in his presence, um, not just prayer, but like really living in his presence and, and looking for him in every area of your life. Uh, the second week, we talked about um, thriving or just surviving. God has not called us just to survive. He's called us to thrive in life. Uh, and we do this by having the correct understanding about God, the right perspective about him. Um, and also uh, your response to rejection. All of us have been rejected, but our response to that rejection is going to determine if we thrive or just survive in, in life. And also uh, your encounters with grace. It's not about just a one-time encounter with God, but we need God's grace every single day. Um, so if you haven't caught up on those messages, you could go back on our podcast and listen to that. Um, but another way we set ourselves up to thrive, um, and I want to talk about this today, is to know who your enemies are. To know your enemies and to know what you're dealing with. All right. Um, so that's the title of today's message is to know your enemy or knowing your enemy. Uh, listen, you do not want to get caught off guard all right like the biggest punch in life is a punch you don't see coming (laughs) so you do not want to get caught off guard getting caught off off guard could shipwreck your faith could take you out completely and that's not what that's not what you want right that's not what i want so it's important to know our enemies and how they attack how they operate okay so that's what we're going to be talking about today and i actually have a lot of scriptures so if you're taking notes just mark these scriptures down and i encourage you to study them because they're they're great scriptures that are going to help you overcome your enemy all right so we're going to talk about three enemies today uh three enemies the first enemy is the devil satan the second enemy is your flesh and the third enemy is the world all right So three enemies we're talking about. So God is calling us to resist one, to kill one, and to love one. All right, so we're gonna talk about that today. So the first enemy that I wanna talk about is the devil. So this is an enemy that we all know that we have, right? The devil is not good, he's evil. Uh, James 4, 7 says, so humble yourselves before God and resist the the devil and he will flee from you. So this is the enemy that God is calling us to resist. All right, he's calling us to resist the devil. And listen, here, the thing about the devil, he's not, um, he's not a guy in a red costume with a tail and a pitchfork. No, man, the devil is nasty. All right, he's a nasty enemy, he's vicious. 
Um, if y'all remember our series last year, um, it was called Strange Things in the Bible. Oh, yeah. And we talked about demons. And we talked about how they're vicious and they show no mercy. They're, they're not out um, for good. They're out for evil. All right. So I'm telling you guys that the enemy is real. He's a real enemy. All right. And he's, he's out to kill, steal, and destroy is what the Word of God says. All right. He's not out for good. He's not out for love. He's out for hate. And everything that we see that's going on in the world, he's behind it all. The enemy is behind it all. And I want to read Ephesians 6.12. It says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. So we're not fighting against each other, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. So they're spiritual enemies. Against mighty powers in this dark world. How many of you know we're living in a dark world, right? And against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So that, that's what it's talking about. We're, the enemy, the, the, one of our enemies is the devil and hell and demons and evil spirits. So it's important to know how this enemy operates, okay, how the devil operates. So a couple of ways the devil attacks, he attacks um, through physical attacks, physical attacks. So this, this is how we, the physical things that we could see. So um, an example is a physical way that the devil could attack is through natural disasters. Um, if y'all remember reading the story about Job, anybody have ever read the story about Job? Um, so the story of Job, it, it's, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wild story. He, he, he's a man who feared God. He lived for God. He, he, he loved God. And, and uh, through an open door, we don't have time to get through his story, but uh, through an open door in his life, of pride and fear, the enemy ended up sneaking into his life and destroyed his entire family. Um, but God restored to him um, uh, more than what he had before. But a way that the devil, um, the devil stole from him is he, he, um, he took out all of his children. He killed all of Job's uh, children. And the Bible says that he did it through a windstorm. All right, so all of his children were in this house and uh, a mighty windstorm a whirlwind came and, uh, and came onto that house. Maybe it was like a tornado or something, and it killed his entire, uh, his, his entire family, except for his wife. So that, that's one of the ways that the devil attacks physically. He also, uh, we also read about that um, when Jesus and his disciples were in the boat, and the storm came and attacked uh, the sea that they were in, and, and the waves were coming in, and they were all scared. The disciples thought that they were going to die. So... Um, but, but Jesus woke up, he was asleep in the boat, but he woke up and he rebuked the wind. Y'all heard about that, right? That story where he rebukes the wind. Let me tell you something about that story. You don't rebuke the wind. The wind is not something that you rebuke. You rebuke spirits. So I believe that there was a spirit behind that storm that was trying to attack Jesus and the disciples. And, and the enemy was operating through a natural disaster or through wind and waves, trying to, to, uh, to make them fear, all right, and trying to destroy their lives. But Jesus rebuked the wind, he calmed it, and the disciples believed to, in, in him. So that's one way. Uh, another way uh, is physical sickness. The enemy um, comes in through physical sickness that he attacks our health, or he tries to attack our health, right? Uh, has it, have any of y'all ever been attacked health-wise or a family member that's been attacked? Um, 
So that's what he, that's what he does. Um, uh, another way is uh, he attacks your mind. The enemy, Satan, attacks your mind. And this is one of the most common ways that he attacks. And if you were there on Sunday, I, I discussed this a little bit, how he attacks our mind through lies. The, uh, Jesus says that, that Satan is the father of lies, and he's been lying from the very beginning. So uh, Satan's native language is lying. So ways that he could uh, lie to us is through depression, through fear, through anxiety, um, through condemnation. If you've ever felt any one of those things, that, that's the enemy lying to you. All right, He's trying to defeat you through your mind. Uh, another way is lust, greed, pride. Th- those are different ways that he a- attacks our mind or our hearts. Um, he also attacks through, through people. And some of y'all know this a lot, that the enemy could attack through people. But uh, ways that he uses people is through the media. Right now, the media is super loud, <laughs> really loud, all right? And, and they're trying, the enemy is using the media to, to share false news and, and to push its agenda. Uh, but there's an enemy, enemy behind it, and that's Satan. He's using the media, he's using people to, to cause division, all right? Um, another way that he uses people is through murder, through hate, through everything that's going on right now, rioting, rebellion, racism. The devil is behind it all. Um, and, and rioting and everything that's going on, looting, causing mass chaos is evil, okay? But so is hatred, so is racism. All of those things are from the enemy. They all come from the same enemy. We have to remember that. Like, here's the thing about the devil. He's, he's a master mathematician. He knows how to add. He knows how to subtract. And he knows how to divide. <laughs> That's a joke, actually, but it's, it's pretty funny, right? Um, you would think that we're called the divided states of America, just everything that's going on, right? Um, we're the furthest thing from being united. Um, but that's because, and, and it, but it doesn't surprise me at all because it's the same enemy behind it all. He's a master of division. And that's what he's doing. He's dividing from the right to the left to white, black. He, that's what he's doing. That, that's what he's a master at, division. So I want to I wanna encourage y'all guys here to choose your battles carefully. Don't get caught up fighting an enemy that God is not calling you to fight, especially on social media, all right? He's not calling you to go out and try, try to pick fights, um, commenting on everybody's stuff, telling them how much you know. No one cares how much you know, all right? And, and that's what a lot of people are out there doing. They just want to be heard. They want to know. They want people to, it's a pride thing. They want people to, they want to be heard, okay? Not everybody. There's some people who have good intentions too, but there's a lot of people out there who just want to divide, who want to fight, all right? And that's what they're doing. The enemy's behind it. Um, also, another, another type of people that the devil uses is the wrong relationship, all right? Distracting relationships. And he loves to do this. And, and this is one of the most common ways that the devil could take a young person out is through the wrong relationship. All right, so he'll go out and he knows what you like. He knows what you desire. And he'll throw the perfect person in front of you to to take you out. 
So this is how the enemy works. He works through people as well. So this is something that we must be aware of. Uh, he also attacks through partnering with our flesh. And this is the second enemy I'm going to talk about in a moment. But he, he partners uh, with our flesh. The enemy studies your needs. He studies your appetites. He studies your desires. These are all things that he looks at to be able to take us out as children of God. All right. But let me tell you something. We have the victory over the devil. He's not someone that we should fear. He's someone that we should be aware of and, and be alert that the Bible says to stay alert, to watch out. He, he goes around like a, a roaring lion seeking who he may destroy. But we shouldn't fear him because the devil has no authority over us. He only has a, the authority that you give him through sin. All right. So don't give him any of the authority that Jesus has given you because Jesus has defeated this enemy. So that's our number one enemy. I'm not taking too much time on him. But the second enemy is the flesh. All right. This is the, the, the enemy I'm going to talk a little bit more about. Um, the flesh is also known as a sinful nature. The sinful nature. All right. So the, the, the Bible either it depends what translation you're reading, but it either talks about the flesh or the sinful nature that you were born with. All right. So I'm going to read in Romans 7, 15. And I have some homework for y'all guys. All right. Um, study Romans 7, chapter 7 and 8. All right. Romans chapter 7 and chapter 8. And then we're going to get to Galatians 5 in a moment. Those are three chapters that I would love for y'all to study. They talk about the flesh, the sinful nature, and how to overcome the sinful nature through the spirit. Uh, Galatians 5. We'll get there in a second. But we're going to read Romans 7, 15 right now. And it says, check this out. This is Paul talking. Let's see if you can relate to this, what he's saying. I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know what I'm doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So I am not the one doing wrong. It is the sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. I have discovered this pr principle of life. That when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart. Is there anybody here that could say that? I love God's word with all my heart. I love God with all my heart. So that he has the right intentions. He has the right desires. But check this out. But there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law. But because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. So I know that was a really long passage. Hopefully I'll stayed with it. That's why I said go back and read it. But who can relate to this guy? <laughs> who can relate to Paul, right? Um, don't we feel like that? Like we feel like, man, I want to do what is right, but I can't. I keep doing what is wrong. Like it doesn't matter how much I want to. It doesn't matter how much I discipline myself. I still keep doing it. Okay. So he says the answer 
is in Jesus Christ. We have, we have an answer. But let me tell you, it doesn't matter how much you want to do good. You can't do it in your sinful nature. That's why this is the enemy that God is calling us to kill. And you might think, hey, we're supposed to resist this enemy, right? We're supposed to resist the flesh. No, the Bible doesn't say resist the flesh. It says resist the devil. The, the Bible says to kill the flesh, to crucify the flesh. Galatians 5.24, check this out. It says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Jesus didn't go to the cross so that you wouldn't have to. He went to the cross to show you how. All right, so he doesn't call us to resist our flesh. He calls us to crucify our flesh. Now, he did face hell so that we wouldn't have to. When he went to the grave and he, he was in the grave for three days, he was facing hell for you and I. So now um, I want to read this in Galatians 2.20. All right. This is, this is a great scripture. I encourage you to memorize it. Galatians 2.20 and 21 says, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless. For if keeping the law could make us right with God, there was no need for Christ to die. So I want, to ask, uh, I want to ask this question, where does temptation come from? Maybe you might be asking that, like, why do we get tempted every day? Why, Stephen, why am I face, facing every single day with the same temptation? Let's talk about this for a little bit, little bit. So the devil does tempt, all right? But he doesn't tempt like the flesh does, like the sinful, nat the, the sinful nature does, okay? I'm going to read in James 1. This is how temptation happens. James 1.13 says, and remember, when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. But temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So that's a pretty clear scripture right there. So it comes from our own desires, the temptations the sin that's living in us. So uh, sometimes we might think, man, the devil made me do it. <laughs> he keeps making me do this. Um, but let me tell you something. The devil can't make you do anything. He has no authority over you. He can't make you do anything. Um, but he does use your favorite bait. He does know how to, how to fish. <laughs> he knows how to put the right bait in front of you. But the sinful nature is different than the enemy because the sinful nature can make you sin. It does make you sin. That's why we must kill it every day. All right. And Jesus said this in Luke 9, 23, verse 23 says, Then he said to the crowd, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross daily. Say that with me. Daily. And follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but are yourself lost or destroyed? Man, that'll preach to you right there. 
What if you gain the whole world and you get everything that you want, but you yourself are lost and destroyed? That's why it's so important to crucify this flesh daily. Crucify the sin, everything that's evil, the sinful passions. You might think, like, well, why do I got to, what's wrong with my desires? What's wrong with my wants? It's because you were, we were all born with a sinful nature and everything in it is evil. Okay? That's why Christ came to die. He conquered the sinful nature. He conquered death. He conquered the grave. He conquered sin so that we could have life in the spirit. So let me tell you this. What you feed will lead. And, and I want to tell you the story. I actually told the story to the guys, to the fellas, no, one time when we met together. But there's, um, there's a story of this, this man who is owner of two dogs, okay? Uh, so there's a dog in here. Y'all been hearing him. He's, he's, he's part of the, the prop today, all right? So, no, I'm kidding. Um, but there's actually a, a story of two dogs, all right? And this owner... Um, he had two dogs. One of them was brown. One of them was black. And this owner would actually go from town to town and he would make them fight. But he would make his dogs fight. And uh, every town he would go to, he would, he would make this big event and he would place bets on which dog would win. And every place he would go, he was winning his bets. And it doesn't matter, like, it doesn't matter what other people would say that he was always right. And he was making money off of his own dogs this way. And so, finally, some man caught on to him and was like, hey, what are you doing? Like, and he, started, ended up, he ended up following, from, following him from town to town, and he noticed that different dogs were winning at different nights. All right? So the black dog would win one night, and then the following night the brown dog would win, and he could never know which one the right, the right dog was going to win. Um, but he ended up asking the owner, he's like, how do you know which dog is going to win that day? And the owner told him, it's very simple. Whichever one I want to win... I feed that day, and the other one I starve. And so what a great picture of how it is with our sinful nature and our spirits. Whichever one you feed will lead, will win. So if you wake up that day and you're not intentional about feeding your spirit, then of course, naturally, your sinful nature is going to lead, take the lead that day. And you're, you're more prone to falling into the traps of the sinful nature or the traps of the enemy, the traps of the devil. And you're not going to be strong enough because you didn't feed your spirit. You already started feeding your flesh. So whichever one you feed will win that day. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Yes. So um, it's important. So check this out. This is another passage that I want y'all to study. Galatians chapter 5. All right. Galatians chapter 5 verse 16 says this. So this is, these are all basically... This is the Apostle Paul speaking through all of these that I'm telling you. Um, Galatians 5 says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, 
envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Is anybody familiar with any of these? <laughs> yeah? All right, so let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Remember I told y'all um, in the thriving or surviving series, uh, message, I told y'all the story of when the rich young ruler came to Jesus and he said, hey, what must I do to be saved? He's called him good teacher. And Jesus said, hey, well, follow these, these rules if I'm just good to you. But if I'm God, crucify your flesh and follow me. It's the same thing. All right. So if you're going to just try to follow a bunch of rules and regulations, you're going to fall. You're going to give. There's no power in that. All right. There's only power in the Holy Spirit, living life in his spirit. But this is the hardest enemy to defeat. All right. So if you could defeat this enemy, the flesh, you could defeat the other two enemies. All right. And Jesus has given us the victory over this enemy, the flesh. He, he lived on this earth as a human being, fully human. Of course, he was fully God, but he was fully human. And he conquered every sinful desire that we have. Every lust, every pride, every selfishness, every greed, every anger, all of those things he conquered the 33 and a half years that he was here on this earth. All right. So he's given us that same victory. So this is the second enemy and the third enemy is the world. All right, so the first enemy is the devil, the second enemy is your flesh, and the third en enemy is the world. And this is the enemy that God is calling us to love. The people of this world, okay? Not the things of this world, but the people of this world. In Matthew 5:43, Jesus said, "You have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy." But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. And that way you will be acting as true, true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good. And his, he sends his rain on the just and the unjust alike. So he, t he goes on and tells, tells them, hey, if you treat good people good, I mean, those who do good to you and you treat them good, what, what reward is, that, is there in that? Everybody does that. But if you could treat people who treat you bad, if you could treat them good, there's a reward for you in heaven, is what he's saying. So he's calling us to love our enemies. But why should we love those who hate us, right? Those who, who want harm for us, those who persecute us, those who want to see us fail at life and fall. Why should we love them? We should love them because God loves them. In John 3.16, the most popular passage in the Bible, I believe, it says, God loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So he loved the world, the people of this world, so much that he gave his life for them, even though they'll reject him, and he still did it. So he gave us an example to follow. Um, he's also to call, he's called us to love all people. He, he hasn't called us just to, to pick and choose which ones we love and which ones we hate or which ones whatever. Even the annoying ones in your life. Those who annoy you in your family. Those who annoy you on Facebook. Those who annoy you just anywhere. He's called you to love them. Because we have to remember who the real enemy is. 
See, it's not people. It's not flesh and blood. It's evil spirits behind those people. So this is the way the world works. This is the way the enemy of the world works. The, it, the, the enemy, the world operates through provoking. The world loves to provoke you. And, and the world tries to get you to stoop down to its level. People will try to get you to stoop down to their level, try to argue with you, try to provoke you. Right? Has anybody experienced that? So don't fall into that trap of the enemy. Also, another way that this enemy operates is through hating, hatred. It hates people, hate, hates this person, hates that person. And it, 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 it's so funny to me on, on social media that people just get crazy over politics. It's like, man, if you talk about this president or if you support this president or you support this party, man, it all hell breaks loose. Man, it's like you're talking about their mom, right? It, uh, man, it's, it's, it's crazy and it's, it's, it's funny to me that people get crazy over it, right? Um, but that's the enemy. That's how the devil works. That's how the, the world operates. Uh, another way that the, the world operates is through intimidation. People would try to intimidate you and try to scare you. And I, I, I've never seen uh, just the last, this, this last de- decade an attack and an intimidation, trying to, uh, uh, an attempt of intimidation on the church. See, the world tries to, to make the church shut up, tries to, uh, tries to stuff the church in a room, not get out. But the world's just screaming louder and louder, right? But I'm telling you, the, the, the God is not calling us to stay quiet. He's calling us to be a light to that world. Right. And we don't do that by stooping down to their level. We do it by showing them love, mm-hmm. all right? Showing them a different way. How would they know that you're any different than them without Christ's love? How would they know that you're any different if you're acting the same way as them? Not anybody in this room. I'm just saying in general, all right? So um, another way the world operates through people is uh, the enemy operates through the world or through people is through bad influence. So bad, bad friendships, bad relationships like we mentioned a moment ago, but just bad influence um, the world could, be a, could have a tug on you, a pull on you to, to, to backslide or to go backwards. There's some people we have, caught, uh, we have to cut off, all right, in our relationships. We have to cut off. There's certain people that are holding us back. They're keeping us from thriving, and we have to cut them off, all right? Not because we don't love them, but because we love God more. And they're pulling us away from God, okay? And we're not strong enough just yet all right, to pull them towards God. So if you know, if that's the situation you're in, there's people, bad influences in your life that you have to cut off. Um, check this out. Galatians 5 again, 5.13 says this. It says, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Check that out. The whole Bible could be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. So it's not the world today just biting and devouring one another, destroying one another. Um, And then the last thing I want to tell you is to love people but hate the things of this world. Okay, love the world, the people of this world, but hate the things of this world. Um, and what do I mean by that? The things of this world. Uh, I'm going to read it, and this is the last scripture I'm going to give you. In 1 John 2, 
John explains this really well, and it says, Do not love this world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure. There's three things. Physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, all right? And pride in our achievements and possessions. All right, so those are three things. So uh, physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. An- another phrase for those three things is the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. Isn't that good? So that's the road we're on. We're, we're on the road, on the narrow road that God has called us to live on. And we cannot get distracted by the things of this world. And uh, it's true. The th- I mean, it's easy to get distracted by the things of this world, right? You, you want this. You want that. Um, you want to feel good. You want, you want to be known uh, as a successful person, right? But what the Bible is saying something different than that. It's saying don't, don't take pride in your achievements and possessions. It's saying don't chase um, physical pleasure. Don't chase just what you could see, the, the lust of the eye. Don't chase possessions and cars and, and that lifestyle that, uh, that is known to be success, right? So God is calling us to love the people of the world, but to hate the things of this world. So as I close... Um, We're talking about this because we have the advantage, young people, when we know who our enemy is and we know how he operates. We have the advantage, all right? But if you don't know how he operates and he comes and blindsides you, you don't have the advantage. He does. And that's how he takes out young people. So you have the advantage when you know how the enemy operates. And let me tell you something. You guys are sons and daughters of God. You are sons and daughters of God. You are winners. You are winners. You are on the winning side when you're on God's side. So don't let some enemy come in and steal from you. Don't let some enemy come in and take you out. Are y'all hearing me? Don't let some enemy keep you from everything God has for you. Because the the things that God has for you are way better than what the enemy has for you. And God has given you everything you need to thrive. He's he's given you everything you need to succeed. So let's let's just go ahead and pray at this time, all right? Um, And I believe God is speaking to you. I believe God is speaking through this word, through this message on knowing who our enemy is. Um, but I just want to take some time for y'all guys just to have uh, with God, alone time with God. So right where you're at, just close your eyes if you like, bow your heads, and just focus on what God is speaking to you today. And ask Him, ask Him tonight, what are you speaking to me, Holy Spirit, through this message? What are you speaking to me, God? Come on, just in your own words, just, just tell Him that you love him. Tell him that you surrender to him. We worship you, God. Thank you, Jesus, for this time, God, together. You are awesome, God. You are awesome, Jesus. And I just pray right now, God, over every 
young adult in this place, every young person in this place, God, every person who's listening to this message, I pray, God, over them, God, that you are their keeper. You are their protector, God. You are their father, and they are your children. We are your children, God. And I just pray, Lord God, just to protect us, God, guard us, guard our minds, guard our hearts, Lord, from the enemy, Lord God, the, the, the traps, the temptations of the enemy of the world, God. Help us, Holy Spirit, to overcome the flesh, to overcome the sinful nature, that God, that we would not give in to the sinful nature, Lord. But God, that every day we will walk in the victory that you've given us through your grace. Every day we will walk in the love that you've called us to, Lord, to love the world, to love people, to love our neighbor. Lord God, I pray that this word, God, will, that the enemy will not steal it from us, but that this word, God, will minister to us, will change our hearts, will give us a fresh and renewed perspective, God, on how the enemy operates, God, that it will set us up to thrive on this earth, God, to thrive in this life. Lord, we thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. We just pray for all those, God, who are not even here today, God, but who need to hear this message. We pray, God, that we send the word to them, God. And anybody who's listening, Lord, online, we send the word to them, God, that you're strengthening them, God, right where they're at, in their rooms, in their cars, wherever they're listening. God, give them peace, give them strength, give them joy, God. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says, amen. amen. Thanks for listening to the message. If you'd like to stay up to date with what's happening at Limitless, follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook at Hop Limitless. If you enjoyed the message today, please subscribe so that you'll always be in the know of our latest content. We'll catch you next time on the Limitless Podcast.